I've said it before and I will say it again, I think people will come for the music, but they'll stay for the artist. If you're here to just run a six week campaign around a new release, I am not the person for you. There's no guarantee with social media. If anybody sells you on being viral, run the other direction. Before you release anything, you should at least have so we're going to be talking a bit in this episode about sort of what you do at Rose Peak in sort of artist branding and sort of some tips for artists looking to sort of improve their brand. So just to start off with, why do you think sort of branding is so important for independent artists? Um, I've said it before and I will say it again. I think first and foremost, people will come for the music, but they'll stay for the artist. And so anybody at this point can create a song that is good enough for people to throw on playlists good enough for people to listen to a few times um that's like just good music in itself is not even like that's not the threshold we're at anymore it has to be you have to be bringing something more to the table because of how saturated the space has gotten because of tools like tiktok and everything and so what is it about you and what you're doing that's different what are you bringing to the conversation that's something new and a you know something that we haven't heard before or a refreshing take on something else you know you can't we don't necessarily need to reinvent the wheel but there at least has to be something that you're doing that is new enough in a way that people are going to care about it um you know and so branding is essentially for artists, it's like, what is that thing for you? It doesn't necessarily have to be the way your music sounds. Um, you know, for some people, it's even just their voice is very distinct. Um, it could be just something different that you're doing or something that you're embodying with who you are as an artist or something you write a lot about or the way that you write. It can be a lot of different things and it can sometimes be a combination of some of those things. But it's kind of finding your lane that isn't completely crowded. It's kind of like finding your way through the crowd where is where is your place where is your path that's different um because branding is the only thing that's really going to help you stand out from all of the other noise mm. you know it's what's going to have you speak louder enough or loud enough to find the people that will become your fans yeah so in terms of that path that you're talking about, how do you sort of, when you're working with an artist, how do you work out what their path is and what their brand is going to be? That's a good question. Uh, um, it takes different forms for everybody. Some people, it can be in the way that they make the music. Um, for some people, it's something different. Um, but a lot of times it's a combination of like who, like who you're, influences are in a combination kind of way or how you're combining like these sort of topics with this kind of music or vice versa um and so it's it can be a little complex in terms of really defining where we're kind of fitting but if we work through it enough there's often something that is kind of a little different or at least something that's like narrowing it down a little bit more you know, so there's like the first kind of layer of like the music itself. A lot of the like I've worked with a handful of pop artists. It doesn't get that distinct just looking at it that way. Um, beyond that, you can kind of look at where your roots in music are. Like I've had a handful of people that come on the podcast, for example, that are like, I started in musical theater. 
And you can kind of hear that some more than others, but you can kind of hear that in some their music. And so, you know, having that as part of their story, um, you know, just kind of, you know, common themes. Um, one of the artists that I've worked with did like a breakup, like five stages, five stages of grief themed EP in terms of like mourning a relationship. Um, stuff like that are things that we can lean into. Um, but it's kind of, it comes from within in terms of like, it's where your story starts. It's how you've kind of transformed into becoming an artist. Um, but it's not like trying to craft this presence. I feel like a lot of times we view branding as trying to craft this persona and create this presence that is the brand. Like you're trying to create this brand. It's not necessarily creating a brand. It's defining the brand from what's within and what already exists within you as an artist. Yeah, I kind of, I always think about branding as sort of like, sort of like sculpting, where you're sort of like, it's all like the rock's already there and you're sort of just like finding and like refining different parts so that it's sort of clear what it is. And that's always the way I think about it because it's always going to come from within. You, you were talking about like that story. How do you sort of, obviously storytelling is a huge part of marketing and branding. How do you sort of take an artist or a person and sort of develop a story that is that feels natural to them of who they are um i think honestly i think the way then mm. looking at it from a social media perspective uh i think it almost doesn't even necessarily look like a story for the artist as much as it does in most cases as much as it does like around an individual song and those songs and their stories kind of paint the bigger picture. Um, you know, there are the exceptions of like your brand comes from like, excuse me, your story being like your journey to who you are now or your artistry now or whatever. But I think a lot of times since, you know, we often write from the perspective of ourselves, like, even if the story's not necessarily true in what you're writing, it often comes like the emotion and the experience comes from a real place. Um, I think that kind of paints a picture in itself as a bigger picture in the brand. Um, your music definitely does contribute to your brand as a whole in that way because you can't be one thing but then make music that's like this other thing. Like those two just don't, that just doesn't work. Um but in terms of crafting, like, the story, um, you know, like, if there are those sorts of, like, like, the musical theater thing, like, if there are those sorts of moments in your sort of experience and your trajectory, we can lean into that a little bit more because then you, you know, you, the musical theater people, for example, with that, would might be more drawn to kind of what you're creating. Not necessarily, but it's something you could potentially lean into. Um, cra crafting a like artist story in that sense is an ongoing process because people are always changing. Um, you know, rebranding is a thing and it's, it just kind of fits whatever sort of era you're in and how that just kind of fits into the bigger picture. But I think, honestly, I think the story comes more from the songs themselves and they say something about you and how you tell that story um, than you know, any outside story, especially because of how 
short form content is kind of like the driving force these days. It's like these little 30 second, a minute long blurbs of a song. That's the story. You're giving the context there and it's painting a bigger picture. Yeah. I, obviously, we'll, we'll talk a lot about um, short form content in this one because obviously there's so much on TikTok and Reels and YouTube short stuff. There's so much short form content out there. How how can artists sort of stand out from how much stuff there is in the space? The best way to do it is to just do what kind of comes naturally because that's what's going to kind of make sense to you. Um, the advice I give to every artist that I come across, whether they end up working with me or not, um, is to experiment with what you're already seeing in terms of like, you know, the carousel kinds of videos, the POVs, the behind the scenes or like the live performances, however you want to kind of phrase it, um, the kind of content that you're seeing from other artists. Try those different things out and then you'll kind of learn along the way how that idea cultivates for you and how that you can kind of craft that and make it look like your own. Because you might automatically be doing it in trying to recreate these other ideas is making it essentially have your touch on it. And then you might end up in a place with creating like a completely different kind of content from where you originally started or you're combining two different ideas that you tried out and it's something new and different. And that's kind of where you build your momentum. Um, but I think a lot of people get scared off from making content because of how saturated it can be. And it's like, oh, it's only sitting at a few hundred views and whatever. But it's, you know, we're not in the viral game anymore. We're in the longevity of it. We're in the we're in the long term of things. You know, it's it's putting in the time, showing up and building essentially it's like building a catalog of music. It's you're building up this like repertoire of content. Then it's like if somebody likes that video and watches enough of it, they'll see about six more of them the next few times they're on the app. Um, and so, you know, if you try the different things, you'll find your way towards what'll work for you and how you can make that your own thing. You know, because everybody's making different music, so it'll kind of take different forms in that way. Um, but the, from the format of what ideas already exist, you can kind of already start to figure out how you can get a start. And then it's just a matter of tweaking things, trying new things, incorporating it with different songs, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's interesting that you say sort of about viral content sort of being on the way down and sort of building a sort of long-term, more long-term strategy is being so important. Because I suppose, like, as you were saying, because it's so flooded now, you sort of the era of sort of a couple of TikToks a week going like incredibly viral and like building someone's career out of one video. You sort of, because there's so much more content out there, it's sort of harder for each individual thing to get so many views and likes and engagement. So how do you sort of, what do you try and do to sort of help artists build like a more of like a community online with their social media of people that are going to keep coming back? Honestly, <laughs> community and like an audience that's truly an audience and not just followers because of any given video um comes from the brand building which comes from the consistent content um you know you're not going to have just one video that does well or a few videos that do well or one song even that has like 30 videos that all do well and that becomes a thing um you know i think honestly i think the community comes more outside of that i think 
I think of TikTok specifically um, just because of how that algorithm is stronger than some of the others. Um, I think of that as where you're extending your reach and that's your exposure and that's your brand awareness. But it's the people that you retain from that that follow you, will engage with your stuff beyond that, you know, might follow you elsewhere, might, you know, be on an email list or something or buy a T-shirt, you know, that kind of thing is where you find more of the actual community. Um, because TikTok is like, it, it. you don't necessarily know what you're going to get. You don't know who's going to get what you're putting out, um, even if you get to a certain level. Like, obviously, if you have a million followers, your re- initial reach is going to be bigger. But it's not a guarantee that these certain people are going to see your content time and time again. There are a lot of people that I have used to see a ton and I haven't seen in probably a few months. Um, That could be in part because of how much I'm engaging with those different creators. But um, to some extent, it's also just how the algorithm pushes things out. Um, Something that happened at the start of last year was like it shifted a little bit differently from being, you know, you'd get about you know, your baseline would be like 400 views or something like that. And it would be over the course of a few hours. Now, if I post something on my music account, it'll reach like maybe like around 250, 300 as like a guarantee. And that'll be in the first like 20 minutes. So it kind of also depends on who's on the app. Like the only people that are seeing your content after the fact um, meaning like a while after you posted it, are people that were already engaging with other things that you've posted when they were initially shown that thing. At least that's been my experience. So in terms of community, it's it's hard on something that is so algorithmic. That's when you kind of hope that you can send people over to Instagram where they will see you if they follow you all the time. Um, it might be algorithmic in terms of the order in which they show you things or when they show you things, but it's getting sent to your followers still and the people that are paying attention to what you're doing. Um, and, and then, you know, you have things like the broadcast channels on there where you can kind of send out messages to the people that are a part of that little community. And um, it's kind of like an email list built into Instagram in a way. And that's nice. And you can kind of cultivate things that way. I think it, I think building community comes from some other places rather than, like a TikTok thing specifically. Yeah. Um, I think broadcast channels are really interesting because obviously they're a new feature to Instagram where it's, as you said, it's a bit like an email list, but baked into Instagram. And it sort of might be quite an effective way to build a community. How have you sort of been using it so far, if you have been? Um. Well, I actually, <laughs> I tried using it on my music stuff. I've had a lot of issues with that. But one of the clients that I have uses it and has sent stuff out, like sent out pre-save links. I've seen like some of the ones that I'm a part of. I've seen people post reels and be like, respond with this if you pre-save the song or, you know, um, drop this in the comments or whatever if you've already streamed like this new song that's out or something like that. And I think those kinds of things can be effective. Um, it's one of those things that you kind of want to find a balance you don't want to be in people's messages like every day, but you also don't want to use it just for dropping like pre-save links or new merch or something like that, where it's just trying to get people to click. Um, it, that's where you can kind of, 
you know, get people engaged and get people involved and um, different things like that, because that's ultimately what it's for. Like they joined that for a reason. They care about what you're doing. They like your music. They like you. Um, so interact with them enough, but don't get like over the top with it. It also yeah. just kind of depends on the artist. Like some people are very involved. Some people are just more casual about everything. Um, but do what kind of comes natural, but don't do too much or too little. Yeah. To make well, it most effective. Like I remember when I remember when it first came out and you sort of you would get automatically added to broadcast channels of accounts that you followed, which I think has changed now. And it was all sort of like bigger brands and stuff that I did follow that obviously may have like heard about it in advance or like have a whole team that's gonna be on it and notice this feature come out. And it was very much at the beginning. I ended up leaving like three different broadcast channels like on the first day because like they clearly didn't sort of hadn't sort of figured it out yet and was just like sending, Hey, what are you doing today? Well, there's a picture, there's a picture and you're like, go away. But um I think I think it's I think it can be a really useful feature because people talk a lot about um email lists and the advantage being that sort of you sort of own the contact in a way. Like it's sort of it can't be sort of retracted by like a platform's algorithm and you have the same thing with broadcast channels where if you're going to join a broadcast channel of like an artist that you love then you're not going to be it's not going to be down to the algorithm whether or not you see what they're doing and what they're up to yeah it's it's not it's it's a place outside of the algorithm which is nice it's a nice change of pace like i said one is for reach one is for building people from followers to fans mm. i think one thing's interesting with broadcast channels new and new features and just sort of trends that you see online and on tiktok and instagram and stuff like that is that with social media like constantly evolving and changing how do you how do you when you're doing your branding work for artists sort of keep your strategies relevant whilst staying on top of different trends and features and things that's a good question um I don't, I honestly like trending audios and things like that to me are not as much of a thing as they used to be. Um, different trend. I feel like trends, especially because like I always, I always think like TikTok first, but um, in terms of like trends, I don't think they're as big of a thing as much as they used to be. Mm. Um, and if I come across something, it's not necessarily something that we should automatically jump on to. It kind of depends on the artist. Like, for example, when Barbie was big and everybody was doing covers of the Billie Eilish song that plays at the end of the movie, um, that's good for some artists. It's like that's something I would recommend to maybe like one or two of the people that I work with. But the rest, it's irrelevant, you know, because it's not doing anything. Um, and it's not at all related to anything that they necessarily do. So I think that, you know, if you miss a trend, who cares if you get on something it can add a little variety to what you're doing but it's not drop everything and make this happen um i've never been that way about trends or audios or any of those sorts of things um as far as new features i'm never opposed to trying those out because that's not going to be like a come and go thing like a trend and it's not something that's going to necessarily harm your existence on any platform necessarily and it's less like 
cultivated for certain types of creators or something like that. Like broadcast channels, for example, anybody can make use of that. I've been invited to broadcast channels from a lot of different brands and creators, and it's, you know, all of them can serve their purpose because it is like it's something like an email list where it's like you can kind of make it whatever you want it to be. So like features, I think, always give it a shot. If it's not for you, don't you don't need to do it. It's, you know, maximize your time where you can most effectively use it. But I would focus more on new features and opportunities there than I would ever with any sort of trends or anything like that. Yeah. Um, in terms of social media sort of strategy, how do you sort of measure how successful one of your like campaigns is going? Like, do you use analytics in particular or do you just sort of get a sense of how like engagement is or yeah, how do you measure things? Um, I don't ever think about things in terms of campaigns because the way that I run Rose Peak is an ongoing thing. Like we're going for an extended period of time. I always tell people that I meet with, it's like, if you're here to just run a six-week campaign around a new release, I am not the person for you. You can find somebody to do that somewhere else. Um, because it's, it's also not the game that we're playing. You know, campaigns are, you kind of expect a little bit of a push, a little bit of a bump in growth and stuff like that. And depending on who you're working with, it can take a while to see that. And that's not necessarily any form of like the strategy or anything. Yeah, like you can kind of tweak things to make things feel like perform a little bit better and stuff like that. But there's no guarantee with social media. If anybody sells you on being viral or going viral or, you know, whatever, it's that's not like run the other direction. That's not a thing. Um but in terms of like the longevity of things, building momentum is like what I try and push the most. Um, for some of the artists that I work with, it's kind of, you know, coming from a place of I don't really like social media that much. It's this is just kind of a getting my feet wet existence kind of ordeal. And so with that, there's not a whole lot to measure because we're just kind of trying to build that foundation. Um, but the ones that are more consistent it, we do look a little bit at the numbers, but again, I I don't try and read too much into that because it could just be a random one-off thing. Like I've seen people that talk about, you know, the first time I posted whatever, and it could be any platform, it does okay. But then the next time it goes like nuts. Like there was some, there's some email list that I'm subscribed to that the guy was talking about. We posted, the tweet got like 16 likes. And then, like, it got, like, 150K or something, like, the next time he posted it. Um, and it, so it can just really depend on when it hits and what it is. So, I, yeah, we look at the numbers a little bit, but I try not to read too much into it because it's more about building the brand and building that presence than seeking any sort of virality or seeking any sort of big surge in exposure. Are those things great? Yeah, but then you have to be ready to follow suit with something else or that longevity is going to just cut right there. If you have some crazy moment where a video takes off, but you don't have anything to follow it up, that's that's it. Like I like um Braden Bales who did uh Chronically Cautious which went nuts partway through the year last year. Um everybody was doing that song. It was crazy. He got a lot of traction from that. But he made a video at the end of 2023 and was like, something that I wish I would have done differently was have a song to follow that up so that it could kind of keep that momentum going. 
if he would have a way to follow that up, then he's good to go. But if you're like just trying to make one song kind of take off and or you just have this one random moment that kind of pops up, that's it. So I'm more focused on keeping things consistent and building that sort of longevity and strategy in that sense than let's have this huge surge of growth. Um, so numbers are a portion of the thought, but you know, that might change in terms of like what kind of, what form of content we're focusing on or what, you know, we're creating more of or what song we're leaning more into, but there always has to be something ready next if you want something well to happen. Yeah. So it's interesting because long-term growth is obviously really important, but there are obviously, which is the nature of being an artist and releasing music and sort of having gigs and things, there are always going to be these sort of spikes in moments where you really want to sort of push something like a single or a gig or whatever. So how do you sort of, whilst obviously doing the long-term growth and sort of building a bit of a community and a fan base, how do you sort of approach sort of like maybe like release planning, for example, where you do want to see like a bit of a, a bit of a spike in sort of now we're really pushing to sort of promote something? Um, I think, so the way that I kind of think about it is you build, like you want to have a release plan. I think some people, I think we're getting more and more towards actually having structure, like releasing every so often. Um, but there are still those that are like, I'll write a song and I want to put it out. And so I'll put it out, but then I don't know what's next. I think before you release anything, you should at least have one or two things in the queue. Um, and be ready to be like, what comes next? Not necessarily when, but like something to follow it up. Um, and so in terms of like building over the long term versus pushing any specific moment, I think because like, I'm still coming back to it from a perspective of like building it long term. If you have something that you're trying to work up towards, um, then you kind of know how much momentum you want to build ahead of that um i don't think there's necessarily like i don't think you're going to get anything out of like just popping up and doing something bigger um i think like i build my strategies around kind of like the release so like for my own project i plan on releasing a song like once a month for 2024 and so then my content strategy is essentially I want to have this many touch points on the song. This is how much I need to, like, I want to put out. This is kind of where those spots are going to be. Um, but if something random, if something random were to kind of pop up and be like, okay, I have like a gig coming up that I really want to push, then maybe you can weave some of those things out, like take a few things out of that or layer that on top of it. Um, but I don't know. It's It's hard to kind of, think about it in sort of a push kind of way because it is just kind of this consistent thing because if you're shooting for popping up here you're going to have to be ready to keep it going there then you know it's it's not a let's have this one random pop up and then keep going along as we were um because i don't know i don't know if that answers your question but i don't know that i have that concrete of an answer <laughs> yeah i mean i think he's just talking about like how important consistency is really because it's sort of always going to be the benchmark of like where you can go. Because I think I see like 
quite a lot of like videos come up for me on like TikTok or Instagram or something of like a certain like riff or like a, a portion of a song that an artist is doing. And then you click through to the profile and there's some that have like managed to really harness it because um, they have that and that's, that's like a teaser and then the song comes out the next week or like a couple of weeks afterwards and they're able to use that to build. But then I do see some bands and artists who they'll post like a really cool riff or something and then you'll you'll like come across their account again like two months later and the song isn't out and they haven't really and then the moment's kind of gone because you do still get like not necessarily viral viral but you get you do still get these sort of moments of like Mm -hmm. a video suddenly does a lot better than the rest of your stuff because it's sort of something clicks with the people that it it reaches right yeah i mean in that sense i see i see kind of what you're getting at now i think honestly especially with how tiktok now has this thing where you can go to spotify or apple music through the audio of this of the video on tiktok like if you click on the song i can click on spotify and it'll open and play the song on spotify especially now that we have something like that i am an advocate for release the song then worry about promoting it because my philosophy around that as well is like i can promote music that i put out three years ago if i wanted to because it's new to other people no one's going to look at that song and be like oh this came out like two years ago like never mind like i don't care about it anymore there's a reason that like you know we had that moment when the fleetwood max song went crazy on tiktok for some reason like that song is from from a couple decades ago if not more and now it's it was then on TikTok in 2021 or something like that. Like music is timeless. So it's like you can promote whatever you want to from your catalog. So in terms of like building up momentum, if you're comfortable with like leaving like the music that you've been working on to release until you have a little bit more traction, I would say promote what you have that exists, build up the momentum, post consistently, et cetera, et cetera and then drop that music and then promote that stuff, you know, and work that in. Um, I've seen something before where somebody was like, 60% of your content can be promoting the new stuff. 30% can be like the stuff in the last like little chunk of time. And then the last 10% can be like anything from your catalog. Um, I think about it a little bit differently because I think there are other aspects to content than just pushing all the music and everything um, in terms of, building a brand and uh, creating a foundation of who you are on that app. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I always I would say release the music first because then you can send somebody to the song itself. Like if you want to do the whole pre-save thing, do the whole pre-save thing. Um, I go back and forth on that whole thing. I hear mixed sort of reviews on that. Um, if it's something that you really feel strongly about, do it. And then you can promote in advance. But it's going to be a lot easier to send somebody to the song itself than to send them to the link in your bio and then have them click that and then have them log into Spotify and pre-save the song there. Like that's like six different things you're asking them to do. Um, And you just saw them like they just saw you for the first time. So that might be a bigger ask. Um, If you if you know if you have a little bit more of a fan base, that could be a conversation. But um I think having the music out first will do you more favors for sure. Yeah. I, I, I'm not too, I mean, I, I think that when you already have some existing fans, especially more on a platform like Instagram or something, it can be really good to like 
build sort of hype around a track that is going to come out. But on something like TikTok, where often the majority of people haven't seen your stuff before, and especially with pre-save links, I think you're sort of asking them to do something they can't yet do. Like with pre-save links, you're sort of saying, like, if you if you think about like pre-ordering as a concept, just in like buying a product or something, people used to pre-order things because then they would get them on the day. But there's not really any incentive to pre-save because you're still going to get it on the same day. And you're sort of, I always feel that you're, you're almost like, you're asking people the favor of like, can you click through this link and pre-save and do this? And then you almost have a finite amount of favors that you could ask. So then when they see you and you say, can you stream this song or can you download it on iTunes or something? It's not, you sort of out of asks, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that does make sense. And it'd be really, like, it'd be interesting to see. Um, I like the way that you put it, comparing it to the product being like, you're not getting it any earlier than anybody else. So why would you bother? I'd be interested to see if there's a way you could kind of work it. Like some people have done it like, oh, pre-save it and we'll give, like, we'll do a giveaway on like, you have a chance to like get a t-shirt or something, um, whatever it is. But um, yeah, there's, you could definitely, if that was something that you felt strong about, there's definitely ways that you could incorporate like somebody's going to get something out of this at least by doing this thing because then you're kind of incentivizing and being you know it's giving just essentially giving back more which is nice um but yeah it's it doesn't always necessarily make a difference unless you have an audience that's actually going to do that yeah just to just to wrap things up then we've talked about a lot of different like aspects of like branding and like social media content and stuff what do you think are like the most sort of common like the first sort of principles that like apply to all the work you do with rose peak with all your clients what's like the the key pillars that you sort of tell people to focus on um i think that content pillars are a big thing because it kind of gives you the opportunity to have a main idea and recreate those in different ways for different songs I was like, it's something that's evergreen and adjustable so that it can be many different things. I think that helps a lot with the people that don't necessarily enjoy social media, don't necessarily want to do it, is it's just like you just have to cultivate this idea into this portion of the song or something like that. Um, and then I think also another big thing is consistency in both terms of showing up regularly and showing up in the same way um, you don't necessarily have to be in the same spot or creating the same exact content every single time I know that goes a little bit away from the pillars but you know be you with everything that you do and it will show up consistently naturally um, if you know and that comes with the experimentation the more you do it the more comfortable you're going to be doing it and the more you can truly be who you would be in that way. 